Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to the Gospel of John, chapter 20. The Gospel of John chapter 20, and give me an amen once you are there. And Father, we do come before you again this morning just so grateful for your love. You are the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob. You are the God of Moses and Aaron. You saved your people mightily out of Egypt after 400 years of slavery. And it was a Passover lamb. That was to be the sign. They were to take a lamb, an unblemished lamb of the first year. And they were to take the blood and put it on the doorpost and the lentils of the house. And when the angel of death came by that night and would see the blood, he would pass over the homes of your people and take out the firstborn of your enemies, the Egyptians. And finally, Pharaoh let your people go. And Lord, we're grateful for your son, Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. He is our Passover. And we're grateful, Lord, for his substitutionary death for us on the cross, but we know it doesn't end there. For three days later, according to your word, he was raised from the dead. Amen. And that is why we're here this morning, Lord, because he is alive and risen, we are alive and risen. Amen. And we're going to be with him forever and eternity. Right. And we just praise you this morning and ask that you would speak to us, Lord. Pour out your grace, Lord. Give us humble hearts to hear. Remove any pride, remove any distractions. And I just pray you would touch each and every person here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, John chapter 20. Jesus, prior to his crucifixion, predicted his death and said in John 12, verse 24, Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Jesus spoke this concerning his own death, that he must die. Death is the penalty for our sins. And so Jesus came. He was born for that reason, so that he would die for the punishment that was due to all of us. And because of his death, for those of us who believe in him, who put their trust in him, we are cleansed by the blood that he shed on the cross. We are cleansed from all of our sins. And because he died, and he used grain as a picture of his death, as it's buried, that seed, it produces life, it produces a crop. And so his resurrection on the third day produces a harvest. You are it if you've placed your trust in Jesus Christ. You and I are his harvest. You and I are that first fruit. What's interesting is that in the Old Testament with the Israelites, God spoke to Moses to talk to the Israelites in Leviticus 23 verse 10. And the Lord said, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord 
to be accepted on your behalf. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And so that was symbolic and beautiful. God wanted the Israelites to know that when they were blessed into the new land, the land of milk and honey, the land that he gave them, he said when, when, <laughs> when the first bud or the first harvest comes, take a sheaf of the grain and take it to the priest so that he can dedicate it to the Lord as an offering. He wanted them to show their thanksgiving for his provisions. Take the first grain that comes up, make a sheaf, hand it to the priest, and the priest would take it and elevate it and wave it before the Lord. And that was a picture of the resurrection. Paul would say concerning Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, he says, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Jesus is the first fruits of resurrection. He is the one that died and rose again, never to die again. The first fruits, the first one. And when he rose on this day, his life resurrected was a wave offering before God. God the Father is glorified on the day of the resurrection of his son, because it proves that everything the father said, that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That all comes to fruition in the fact that his son defeated death by rising on the third day. His very resurrected life brings glory to the father, but his very resurrected life brings glory to you and I as the believer because it confirms, it affirms that what Jesus said concerning himself is true. That our sins are forgiven because he rose from the dead. Had he not risen, we would be dead in our trespasses passes still. But because he rose, he confirmed his word. And if you're here for the first time or you haven't been going to church regularly or you're just, you like churches to not give you truth, we give you truth here. The truth is, is that what God says is true and it does come to pass. You can guarantee it. Jesus Christ came humbly on a donkey, on a colt, humbly, but he's coming back on a war horse. You can read about it in Revelation 19 to judge the nations. And he'll speak the word, and his word, they say, is like a sword coming out of his mouth, and it'll just destroy the nations. Who's that? those who would reject Jesus Christ. He is the most wonderful, loving, gracious God and the only God. However, he ain't playing around when it comes to his word. If he says he's going to be resurrected on the third day, that's what he did. If he said he came to give us new life and to save us from darkness into light, that's what he does and that's what he did. That's why we're completely different people in Christ today. We used to live for ourselves. We used to live after the flesh, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. And then Christ came into our life and we didn't want to do those things anymore. We just wanted to live a new life for him following the Lord. That's the truth of his word. He's legit. He's real. We know that at this time, 
the disciples are completely crushed. He told them, he predicted to them, this is going to take place, this is going to happen to me, but I'm going to rise on the third day. But they couldn't see it. They didn't want to see it. They didn't want to hear that the Messiah would suffer. And, and, and in their minds, they just saw the Messiah as this conquering hero that would take over the Romans and reestablish Israel. But because he came for the souls of man, our problem isn't necessarily politics and relationships and other things. Our problem is ourselves, our heart that seeks to worship itself, the life that lives after ourselves. That's why Jesus came, to save you and I from ourselves. We're the problem. And once we give him ourselves, he takes care of the other stuff. Until we do, nothing gets fixed. His disciples are crushed. Their hope is gone at this point. They're hiding out in fear. We know that when Jesus died, Joseph of Arimathea, he was a wealthy uh, uh, council member who did not agree with their condemnation of the Lord. He was a secret disciple because he feared losing his position. But something happened to him, perhaps in seeing our Lord die on the cross. The earthquakes, the tearing of the veil from top to bottom, the, the graves being open, the centurion having a change of heart, saying, surely this is the Son of God. Seeing the blood, maybe it clicked. He didn't care no more. He went to Pilate. He doesn't care if they kick him out of the synagogue. He went to Pilate, asked for the body, and he gave it to him. And you know Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, who too came to Jesus by night because he was afraid also of losing his position, you see? God will always challenge us. Who do you love more, your position or me? Who do you love more, your family or me? Who do you love more? We can't love anybody more than Christ. Right. He will not share us with anybody else because if we love anybody more than Christ, they become our idols. You might as well bow down to them. And that destroys us. But if we love Christ first, then we're able to love others with, with temperance and control, Amen. rightly. They took the body, they wrapped them, they cleansed it, they did what they could, they rushed it. It was the, the Sabbath, it was approaching. They put him in uh, Joseph's tomb, a new tomb no one had laid in, and they closed the, they rolled the stone over it. If you go to Jerusalem, if you go to Israel today, there's tombs today that are you know, exactly the way they were during Jesus' time. And when you see them, it just blows your mind. He was sealed. And you know that the religious leaders asked for some guards and Pilate gave them some guards and the tomb was sealed. We know that the women observed where Jesus was, was laid and uh, that was that. That was the Sabbath. Well, the Sabbath came. It was Friday, then the Sabbath. And now, here we are. Now, the first day of the week, which would be Sunday, guys. That's why we're here. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. And so here's Mary Magdalene, who the Lord 
casted out seven demons from. Seven demons. If we want to know the heart of God, if we want to know what he values, we can look at the life of Mary Magdalene. God values his children that are so grateful that they've been saved. He says, those who are forgiven much, loves much. That doesn't mean you need a rap sheet. That doesn't mean you have to have lived a crazy life. Some of the wickedest people in the world are the self-righteous ones who have clean records and they look fantastic. Me, I look like the bad guy. You should see some old pictures. I was from a gang for nine years. But I'm grateful for him saving me. Amen. I'm grateful that Mary Magdalene would be the first person to see our Lord risen. So no matter what sin we've committed or sins, doesn't matter how wicked, how disgusting, how evil the sin that we've committed, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the blood cleanses it all away. Amen. You are clean, 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 and a clean conscience. Amen. And if your heart tries to condemn you after the fact, you tell your heart to take a walk. Amen. And you ask God for a new heart that doesn't condemn you. You are clean, Jesus said, because of the word that I have spoken. Mary Magdalene served the Lord. The women served the Lord. She went to the tomb before the sun came up. It was still dark, early. Those ladies were diligent. Those ladies, it, was, it wasn't on the back burner. It wasn't like it was on the forefront of their mind and their heart. You know, they weren't expecting him to rise, but they wanted to still give him a proper burial. That's why they're there so early. And they brought spices and all those things. You know the story. They served the Lord. And Jesus, when he talked about going to the cross and, and the verse I mentioned about the grain must die so that it can produce crops. He said in that same chapter, chapter John, uh, uh, in John chapter 12, verse 26, he said, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. And so we see here that he says, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. We're told that the women followed him from Galilee. I don't know how they ministered to them, probably cooked up some amazing cuisine, <laughs> hooking up the Lord with some Galilean fish. Uh, he liked to eat, we know that, not just vegetables. <laughs> he liked to eat. Maybe they washed his robe for him. Who knows? But they followed him. They were nearby to minister to him. And the Bible teaches that there is real reward for those who draw close to Jesus, who follow him closely, and who are willing to serve him. If you look at how the apostles referred to themselves after the resurrection, they, a lot of them referred to themselves as bond servants. It basically means I'm a volunteer slave. I'm no longer living for myself. That means like my schedule is his schedule. It's not mine. My life is his life. It's not mine. My money is his money. It's not my money. He's not asking for favors from me. He's not asking, you know, he doesn't need anything. 
But yet by his grace, he wants us to be like these women who were grateful for their salvation. Why do we do what we do? Why do we serve the Lord? Why do we sing? Why do we praise him? Why do we come here? Because his blood means something to us. That's why. His blood means something to me. The last couple of years, so many people stayed away from church or believing the hype. Believing the hype. The Lord says we are to come together and that's that. Greet each other with the, the brotherly kiss. Can't do that six feet apart. Just saying. Look at us now. We're here. We're blessed. Know these things. This world is set up to deceive everyone. But not except for us. You have the light of the gospel. You have the truth of God. When Jesus began his ministry, Satan took, he was led out to the wilderness by the Spirit, and he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He offered him the kingdoms of the world if Jesus would bow down and worship him. And he said, get, get behind me. We worship the Lord thy God and him only. The nations are under the spell of the devil, period. And if it wasn't for Christians being here and the Holy Spirit working in Christians, in the real church that's here, man, this place would just burn quick. You're here for a reason. God's on the move. That's what the resurrection speaks of. Faith. These women served the Lord. They followed him. And he was right what he said. He was not lying. He rewarded them. They're the first to see him. First Mary Magdalene. We'll get to that. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. And Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb, so they both ran together. And the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. Oh, thank you, John. Very humble of you, John. Who won? Who got there first? Verse 5, and he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. And so John the Beloved says, I outran him there, but then I just looked in, and then he went inside. So technically, Peter won. <laughs> he got there first. I like that they ran. What caused them to run? What was stirring up in their heart? I think God sees those little things. Why did we come today? Why did you come? Why did I come? Because we love them. We love them. That's why we came. They, they ran together. Tomb is empty there. Verse 8. 
Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first, when he went in also, and he saw and believed. For yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. And so that's really the theme of the resurrection. John the Beloved said, when I saw that it was empty, I believed. God wants us to believe today more than ever. Our faith is being attacked at every angle by the world, by Satan, by our flesh. Our flesh is our enemy. How, In other words, our feelings are our enemy. But the Spirit of God in us yearns righteousness, yearns for the things of God. God wants us to believe. Our faith needs to be increased in these times that we're living in. We need to believe more than ever. And that only comes by coming to God in humility and asking Him, Lord, increase my faith. Help my unbelief. And as I read your word, Lord, help me to believe more. Faith comes by hearing and that by the word of God. Satan doesn't want you to hear the word of God. Satan doesn't want you to come to a church where they teach through the Bible. He wants you to go to churches where they sing, you know, they do happy things and you go home thinking you're awesome. We want you to go home knowing that you're loved by God, but he also requires something from us. That we live for him. Because he's the king of a kingdom. He's the king of a kingdom. The king has a will. Look at how he dealt with Pilate. Are you, are you a king? Are you the king of the Jews? You have said rightly, but my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, my servants would fight for me. We're not of this world. We're going home one day to be with them. But while we're here, we need to take some people with us. Amen. And, that's, and they're only going to come if we're really living strongly for the Lord. Because he's so awesome that he sees when we're playing games with him. When we're not really willing to give him everything. But when we are, he uses us. So belief is really the theme of the resurrection. Verse 11, but Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. So when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. And did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Same thing. Whom are you seeking? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, 
For I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to the brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. And so here she was, despondent, broken, just like the rest of them. The rest of them are mourning at this time. And Jesus appeared and said, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? I still believe God is crying out to this lost world. What are you looking for? What what are you looking for? If you drink of those things, you'll only thirst again. The woman at the well. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.